Davies in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is atypical for the Amina Margot. Bar quickly gets it back again. Oh, but what a goal! Well, that sums up the season. And welcome back to another episode of Vic Acres Wonderland, Taylor two, two, two halves, really. The eight goals thriller at the King Power. Before we get into it, I am joined as always by Adam and by Matt. Adam, how are you? Good, good. Um, looking forward to talking about this one. It was a, a, a fun week. Well, it wasn't fun at first, but overall, it's been a fun <laughs> weekend for the Arsenal. And definitely Matt, and as always, you're here. Um, how are you? I'm not bad, thanks. Looking forward to talk about this game as always. It was a fantastic night. It was just a bit of a shame that it was a bit of a late one, but worked out in our favour in the end. Oh, absolutely. But I'm gonna before we get into that, I am gonna make your brains tick now. So since two, 2021, and you're not allowed to Google any of this. I know you both got your laptops in front of you. Since 2021, how many goals have been scored by Arsenal against Leicester. Is that the last including five last... games? Five WSL. Games. Uh, WSL. Say 20. 20. Yeah, it is spot on 20 because the yeah. score before the match was 14 nil, and now that's now 20, 20 to 22. 2. Yeah, okay. Tell me who the three three highest goal scorers are then. Uh, I'm going to go Frida. Mm. Um, who uh, I'm going to guess Dina. Yeah, one more. Yeah, one more. Okay, okay, that's no, fine. Uh, Should we let Matt have a stab at this? Otherwise, you're going to get. Go on, Matt. You can have one. I'll give you one. Go no, on. well. So at, going at, at back the moment, we've got three, three WRT morning with four, and mm. Stina Blackstenis with two. There's yep. someone in the middle. Uh, Steph scored Olympic Ocean score this time around. Um, so just trying to rattle oh, off the the people oh, that aren't oh, going to be there. I would probably say Viv. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's yeah. I was thought. gonna, yeah, Viv. Viv's had three. Who else? Um, lastly but not least, how many how many different goal scorers have we had oh, across those twenty goals? That, that's a stonker. Bearing in mind, <laughs> there's two people that are no longer with us. And there's some own goals in there as well, probably. Um, well, there was one that was yeah. debated. I thought it was an own goal. That's also sounded very morbid. Well, they're uh, Arsenal players. I'm not looking at own goals. <laughs> they're Arsenal players. Um, we always make it so complicated. Hmm. I'm going to let Matt take a stab at this first. Yeah, you you so, go first, this Matt. I'm going to see if I can. So, uh, if you've got a top three, you've probably got. I would probably say eight players on that list. A bit higher. Ten. Bit higher. Twelve. Twelve. Yep. Yep. So you got three. You got three deadly yards. Mornham, Vivian Miedemar, Stina Blackstenius, Jordan Nobbs, Tobin Heath, yep. Beth Mead, Caitlin Ford, mm. Steph Catley, Chloe Lucas, Rus- uh, Alessia Russo, Victoria Pilova, and Lena Hertig. All adding their names. Well, the last yep. four. I did their names yet on Sunday. 
Um, the latest news are in and around Arsenal. Jody Taylor has returned to Arsenal, but in the role of a football services executive. Mm. So massive congratulations to her. Nice to have her back. Anita Asante and Ellen White have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Adam, feelings on that? Legends, um, rightly taking their place um, within the Hall of Fame. So it's good, good to see that happening. I'm really liking this Hall of Fame um, initiative that the, the WSL started because for a lot of fans, um, these these they, they're merely names of people who do the analysis on TV. They maybe don't appreciate just what great players were, or if they have, and just come in and it's in the talent of the career. You know, some of us, obviously, you're Lottie, we're, you know, we're late, obviously, to, to the game. So I've seen some of the earlier stuff. I was lucky, fortunate enough to see some of the old, older Lioness stuff. And it's great to see that they're getting appreciation now uh, for what they did when yeah, the, the cameras weren't necessarily looking at them. I'm still waiting for Alex Scott to um, have her name added to that, that pantheon of greats. And I think Emma Hayes on there as well. So surely Vic Akers can't be um, too far away as an inclusion, although maybe that won't count because it's obviously, you know, they move it to women's only. But certainly, Alex Scott um, should be on there at some point. So hopefully in the next round, next, whenever they do the next vote, um, she gets added to the uh, to the Hall of Fame. Um, we've officially sold out Stamford Bridge. Oh, no, sorry, I meant 45,000 tickets. <laughs> For Arsenal v Chelsea at the Emirates Stadium, which is the whole of the lower tier and part of upstairs. Um, we've still got a month, just under a month to the game. Really exciting stuff. Um, but let's get on to what we're really here for. And that is the Leicester away up at King Power Stadium. So we had a lineup of Zinsberger, Katie McCabe, um, Amanda Illestead, Lotta Wilbur Moy, Steph Catley, Victoria Pulova, Kyra Cooney Cross, Chloe Lacasse. Frida, Leonard, and Mornham, Caitlin Ford, and Russo. Matt, what was your thoughts on on all the changes that were made from um, Thursday night? That the graphics people need to stop doing it by numbers because it's getting really annoying trying to play <laughs> play. It's almost like you're playing guess who, like who's playing where. So oh, if you've got the it. board and then you, I, no, it's stressful. It's just like That's the amount it. of times it's I've had to the game, Matt. It's a, it's a game for some people, but it's just like you want. To, anyway, that's enough moaning on that. It's because it's going to go on all night if we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it was one of those ones that was a bit questionable. Um, we didn't know what was happening originally. We did going back to the graphics. We originally thought that Leo Volti was um, on the bench, but. Mm. It was a youngster on, look at my notes. Vivian Leah. Vivian Leah, yeah. The combination of Miedemar and Velti (laughs) to form Vivian Leah. Which is a bit ironic considering she's a striker as well. So, uh, so, well, she was put down in the, actually she was registered for the Champions League as well in the B list. So there was an option to see how she did. Obviously she just came in for the experience, which is great to see there. Obviously... Leicester going back. Michelle Agman played a part last season. You also had Leah Harbert and Katie Reid on the bench last season as well. So this fixture does seem to provide an opportunity for the youngsters to see how they can do and how they cope with coming into a WSL um, fixture, whether or not they're playing or maybe they're just on the bench. It's an opportunity for them to just get some feet on the ground, really, and just sort of get that experience get to know the tempo a little bit more and 
just on, I think it was one of those games where I look at and go, there was no Kim Little, there was no Leo Valti. Is this going to be one of those games where you look at and go, is that a risk that we're going to need to do? Or was it a calculated risk where both Leo and Kim needed a little bit of rest? Kim's been going on for quite a while, even with international breaks. So it would have been quite nice to see her have that full week's rest and recovery and everything so that she's all ready to go for fingers crossed at Brighton and touching woods uh also had that Leah uh, and not Leah sorry Viv had a little bit of a was a bit iffy like she might have pulled something but which is why she didn't come on in the ends you've literally just stole my thunder um but <laughs> anyway um Kyra Cooney Cross got her first WSL start yeah. Um, Adam, did she definitely earn it from that Conti Cup and her 85 minutes from what we saw at Meadow Park? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, we were both there for that one and I was really impressed with what I was seeing in the midfield. It's the first time I've seen a play at all. Um, the Sunday's game was the first time I actually was able to properly watch her on TV and really impressed um, in the Bristol game. Um, but I was surprised that she was um, brought into the first team sort of so soon. Um, Jonas revealed pretty much that he'd um, she'd been ill, she'd had injuries, and that's why it's been a while since we've seen her play. And sort of based on those, the time that um, she played against Bristol, I sort of got the feeling that she may not be able to fully match fitness when she came with the cramp at the end. What I felt was is we've made such a big thing about we've invested so much in this team, we've got this depth to go. What happens if Mia and Kim are unavailable? They're you know, suspended or injured or whatever. And the minor complaints they had when they went to the team. And this was the perfect opportunity to see, right, OK, crisis mode, we've lost um, Kim and Leah. Can, can the players step up? So Pullover and uh, currently Cross in the central midfield. So I was really excited to see how they do. If Are they good enough to step up the plane? Um, that was the, the challenge they faced. So, yeah, excited to see that. Excited to see Cooney Cross. Um, great to see the likes of um, uh, was a, um, Hurting on the bench. Um, Illustrated, obviously, back into central defence along with Moy. Um, I know Matt was a bit iffy about, obviously, how they ordered it, but I was trying to work out how we would line up. And there was, I think, some of us were discussing it. We thought maybe it might be a back three, but no, it's it's McCabe once again as, a, as an inverted right back. And I think the rest of it sort of um, played itself. Um, so no, I, I was very excited to see what this team could play. It was whether they could play. If they were, if they, if this team could win, great, fantastic. You know, we 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 have got mitigation against future, potential future major injuries. And um, my worry was, and it came up at half time as we get into, is uh, of the Birmingham City scenario, where we rocked up and away against a team we should ordinarily beat and beat be quite well. We didn't have one or two key players, and we lost and um, lost the league. So that was my sort of 50-50 look at the game. So I was thinking, like, can this team um, step up? That's also the first time we won a game without Leo Volti on the side since playing Leicester at home, ironically. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, of course, yeah. All right, so Adam, um, no Kim Little, no Leo Volti or Gen BE. Um, we had one defender on the bench. I know we're short at the back, but... 
the depth we do have in other areas, can we cope with games like this when we've, we're short of our usual key players and big names? Well, the big test was that's what I was looking forward to seeing with this this lineup. Um, seeing seeing Kara Kuni across, seeing Palova, um, seeing if they can step up to the mantle of Kim Little and uh, um, uh, Leah Balti. Um, it's, it's the problem we've always had, I think, back to the Birmingham City game, where we lost because we lost their belt in the warm-up and we never really recovered. I think back to the, the challenge last season when obviously Kim Little was injured and we lost Leah Velty away at Everton, didn't win a single game. So we just, it just You just pulled the plug out of the bath, the team had nothing left. So this has always sort of been the, the one of the big Achilles heels is can we function without our two main uh, midfield pivots because they can't play every game this season so this was a major major test um for this side in this instance we think it's only a minor issue they should be back hopefully for brighton but in this instance both lt and kim were out and um yeah it looks pull over and community course to step up as for mbt we know we have plenty of depth there we've, we've got plenty of central defenders it just happens that three are out at the same time which it's a sort of a freakish scenario rather than a, a major crisis. I, would imagine, I think they said that Kadina's on the way back, so that's fine. Uh, Lear, obviously, that is New Year. And then, yeah, it said it would be more. I'm really liking the partnership they're forming. It looks like it's starting to come together because it was a bit shaky in those uh, European qualifiers. But that's um, based on what I'm seeing at the moment. It looks like it's starting to come together a bit there. No, absolutely. I mean, well, the first half an hour was still nil nil. Um, Arsenal had seven shots on shots, two on target, 14 touches in the opposition's box, and the possession was 51%. Matt, how do you think that first half hour went for us? That first half an hour, it was difficult because we we could see that we were trying to go on the front foot and try and get that first goal. I don't think we've scored the opening goal that many times this season the only one that i can think of at the start of the from the start of the season apart from the european qualifiers and conti cup is against bristol away at ashton gate um uh, getting manchester united uh, away uh, so, so, so um, what, well, no it's seen a black study that scored yeah. on that kit first then it was chloe sorry yeah, that, that was the that was the first one that came to mind oh, so essentially it's two away two away games and we've got the opening goals, whereas we haven't been able to do that much this season um, at home or on the road, road as much as we would like to. That uh, It just felt like the goal was going to come, but it was just, again, the odd chances that we did have. Either the shot wasn't that great or the option to shoot instead of pass. It's just one of those where... It's not clicking for the whole team, and it it was difficult. But we should have gone one nil up at least once. Um, Victoria having two chances in that first half, and I think she'll agree. She'll be annoyed about with herself about that. It's very similar to how Stina was in in the Conti Cup against Bristol. Uh, it was just uh, which uh, I'm hoping that. As the season goes on, our composure in these type of scenarios gets better across the board, so that they don't do do the um, silly thing and make one pass too many, or make sure that they have the opportunity to shoot on their terms, not like oh, 
a defender or anything like that ops for them to tell them to shoot or anything like that um adam uh Vic Kolova, obviously she had Leipzig come charging at her at one point in the goal and if you look at the positional playing you had russo just to the to the left yeah just to the left of her um instead of actually taking a shot should she have squared it to Leslie russo what happened with Kolova was sort of a, an example of what Arsenal's main problem was in the entire um, first half for me anyway, was the, the lack of finding those players, finding the right pass. Um, it was the, mo the moment it cracked for me was a bit later. I'll come back to the Kolova shot. There's a moment when Kaya Cooney crosses for dressing ball on the halfway line. It's a counter charge, counter attack near the half. And you're thinking, right, play someone in, play Lacasse, play Russo. Play for, and then she just wishes she holds, she holds, she holds, and eventually she cynically brought down and she went to free kick and it's yellow card. And I'm just thinking, you need to release the ball, you need to find the players. And it was, for me, there was too much individualism. There was too many players making the solo runs and running into the Leicester midfield who are more than happy to snaffle them out, crowd them out, win the turnovers and work the ball back. The pullover incident, 100%. We got, we had Lacasse, Russo, Ford, a sideways pass, it's an open goal tapping. And it's for me, it comes down to connections. It comes down to connections that have not yet fully been established amongst the team because there's too many new players who are trying to work at each other, trying to um, know where the players are going to be on their shoulder. They're having to think about the passes rather than know where to put the passes because they don't know where the players are instinctively. I'm not saying this is like some kind of magic telepathy, but it's it's passing on instinct and, and knowing that, oh, I'm trusting that, right, Ford's going to make that charge on the left. I can play it and I know she'll be there. But that takes time. So that's why I think, not just in this half, but in a lot of the games this season, the progression of the ball's been slow, it's been ponderous. We're having to make sure we're absolutely, all the all the ducks are in a row before the, you know, they'll, they'll be confident to put a low cross in. And of course, by the time it happens, you've got 10 players behind the ball, the defence is set, and nothing happens and it all gets rather frustrating. And then we end up resulting to thousands of crosses the box. Pullover, she actually mentioned it in her post-match interview. She was a bit devastated by the miss, and it's a really bad miss. It's, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, and it's a, it's a very a great if it grows in, it's a fantastic finish, but it's a very difficult finish. And we talk about sliding, you know, sliding doors and all that. The game's the game at that point flipped because after that, as I'm sure we're going to get to um, in about about two minutes after that. Um, suddenly, the game looked well beyond our reach. Oh, absolutely. Um, Pete, Leicester's Peterman gets gets first contact and on a corner delivery, nodded it into Sam Turney, who steps off the back of Lotta Wubamoy and diverts the ball beyond Manu Zinsberger. Um, we can, for me, we completely switched off um, for Sam Turney just to escape Lotta like that. It's a little bit of a mistake of not market, man marking your person. Um, Matt, you, would you agree we switched off? I, I would. Unmarked? Yeah, I would. And I think it wasn't just Lotta that switched off. It was almost like the whole team switched off. I actually, th watching the game back, um, not back, at first thought, Caitlin Ford's running with Sam Tierney. Why does she stop and then just sort of tries to hand her off? If you're going to marks only, it doesn't make sense to do that and then not communicate. Look, there's a player at the back post. I'm sure Lotta was actually on the back post, so she wouldn't actually she be aware. Line. She was on the line. So yeah. she wasn't aware who was actually there. 
with her because she's focusing on the ball. She's not able to have a quick glance because that ball is coming in, I'll probably say, let's say 40 to 50, maybe even over that miles per hour. There's not enough time to react because you've got about five seconds, less than five, uh, 0.5 of a second to make a decision to try and jump for that. And by then, it's already in the back of the net. It, it, again, we I've, I've talked about the cohesion, the communication, and it takes a little bit of time, but it's still causing us problems. And we're going to continue to have these problems uh, leading up towards Christmas. I think firmly when we get back in January, these issues will be ironed out a little bit more. But we need to stop conceding silly goals first um, because we know we've got the attacking outlet. We've seen it in this game uh, towards the end, but it, we need to be defensively solid. And at this moment in time, we're not defensively solid. There's always two or three mistakes and teams are going to always buy the look at back to the start of the season. Uh, most of the goals that we have conceded are from players coming in, making that late run into the box. And it needs to stop. The, the goal, I mean, it's really bad that we don't, what for certain me was we never contested the ball airily. Nobody jumped off the ground. So like I said, they had two, and the first head of Peterman, lose, Russo, Russo is the player marking her. She loses Russo far too easily. So the a bit of clever movement to one way, shit switched the other way. Russo, her feet are set in concrete, it's a free header. And then, for, and then Tierney nods it in, lots of having to come off her line by that time it's too late. It was set pieces. It's you, you can control the defensive shape, and if it's a wonder ball and a wonder header, fair enough. But it just looked like you should say it's switched off. It looks so poor. It looks so poor. Um, very slow, very sluggish to react. Too easy losing their markers. And fair play to Leicester because I say on the balance they deserve to have the lead. Um, the way they were playing, the way they were pressing, the way they were containing Arsenal in their own half, denying them the the passes at the back. Getting the turn, the, the corner come through Amanda losing the ball, trying to play out. It's a poor ball, gets turned over. She has to concede the corner to save to save the situation, and they score from it. And you go, yeah, fair play, because we weren't at the races as we should have been. Just before that, Adam, sorry, Lottie, just before mm. there was a really nice piece of defending from Lotta as well, because she actually. Well, I was going to mention block. that on the second goal. I was going to mention that the second goal. Excellent it's near slide. That was an mm. excellent slide tackle, and and it was, by the way she celebrated, you'd have thought she'd have scored have scored another goal again. That's how how um, much the team were enjoying it. But it was again another switch off, and mm. it was. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, Lotta, let's talk about the second goal. <laughs> And they're back to calling me Lotter again. Um, <laughs> less than two minutes later off the opener, Hannah Kane has sent the ball across the face of the goal, straight over to Janice Kamen, uh, just to tap it home ahead of Steph Catley. I mean, I don't know about you boys, but I was really irritated at this point because as as we uh, in the last since 2021, they've never scored against us, ever. Mm. And now they've got two. Uh, I mean... Adam, what are your thoughts? Um, this, this, I was having sometimes a bit of kittens here, having a bit of palpitations. I mean, this was two minutes after the Tierney goal, and somehow we'd actually had a shot of our own in between. I think it's Frida. And again, I spoke about the Pullover moment. Frida has the the options, the better options to play the passes, you know, to fight to, to, but she just takes a, a pump from the edge of the box, and it's too easy. It's straight at the keeper, and the lip just goes straight up the other end. It's Matt was mentioning the lost tackle earlier. Tackle earlier. It's an action replay. It's the exact same situation. It's the low cross from the left. This time they get the delivery. The delivery is brilliant. It's a curved cross, bypasses Lotter, 
right onto the toe of Cayman, and she just has to slide in and take. And the game, you know, is now two 0 to Leicester. Now, this game had a bit more weight because of a certain team from Manchester um, blowing it against Brighton early in the day, um, and Leicester and um, Leicester, um, Liverpool and Spurs drawing. You're thinking, right, this is the moment where we forget a big win here, we can go up the table, and suddenly you're looking at a two 0 deficit and. I mentioned the Birmingham game before. This felt like an action replay of the Birmingham game. I'm looking at the midfield. I'm looking at the likes of Kyra and Palova. I'm seeing Kyra getting, obviously, out-muscled in the midfield. There was a moment when she had to try and progress the ball and the Leicester players are harassing her and essentially sort of forcing her back towards her own goal. I don't want Kyra running towards my own goal. I want her running at the Leicester um, defence. But they they seem to have our number. The way they set up, Willie Kirk, who's done great stuff with Leicester this season, got them nicely organised, were operating a shape that was they were pressing high, denying us the ability to play out. And we just we just looked a bit, the, the, the double goal off, we just looked a bit clueless. It was really strange to watch and a bit worrying as well. And I want to shout out, say, the Leicester, in the first half, the Leicester fans were making a great noise. They've got their own drum as well. And it came across really well on the, on the TV. And you just got this feeling that this, this could be a massive banana scheme because in the WSL, um, history of WSL, no team has lost more than two games for one this one suddenly that's two defeats and we still haven't played Chelsea um, we've still got Man United home and Chelsea way and way thinking Christ, we have to win every game now so this is looking a bit ponderous so no not happy thinking now obviously about depth and is our depth ready based on the first half no um, what can be done well luckily we've got options on the bench we can bring on but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a big momentum swing because there was nothing, there was nothing in that first half that could have told me we're going to, well, what happened in the second half will happen. There's just there's nothing. We get a comeback, oh, well, with a few chances, we've been lucky. No, there was nothing in that for, yeah, we're all right. But um, yeah, not good, especially at half time, not good. <laughs> no, Leicester were really aggressive in that first half for me and they fully deserved mm. their lead. Uh, my main question that I thought to myself at half time, Matt, could they really maintain it? We already know the answer to it, but at half time, did you think mm-hmm. they could keep us at bay? At that Even moment, with Jonas absolutely livid on the sideline, face like thunder. At that moment in time, you do think about it and go, if Leicester go and score, say in the first couple of minutes, that's it, that's game set and match. I was expecting a change, but I don't. Whatever Jonas said at half time, it worked. And I, I would, I, I was looking at, the, at some of the players at half time and going, "There's only one player that I would have actually made the change for, and that would have been Freedom Lenards and Mornham." And the only reason was be, was because after, I keep on saying it, it, it doesn't feel like mentally she's there. Like back to her herself from last season, where she was free scoring, putting players into the into um the box and making things tick. It just doesn't. I don't. I feel like it's almost like Hendrisa has basically taken what Jonas did and the team did last season, and she's basically just smashed the uh, Frieda's not not head. It's metaphorically her, her the brick wall that Jonas has built, and now Jonas has had to go look at it and just slowly rebuild her again. So it's almost like she's a sign, she's a new signing in herself because she's not 
been the best. There's been opportunities for I still I still want her to do well no matter what. It's just you get a bit of cause for concern when you've when she, what we're in three three months no two months into the season now, and she's only just scored a couple of goals for the club already. But it's it's just against Bristol in the league cup. Yeah. That's it. Just, yeah. it, it, it just feels like something's missing and it's almost like who does she need to sort of go on a break maybe have that um, reset in January and she go, just goes away goes back home gets a proper Christmas and everything New Year to herself so that she can relax around with friends and family as we know the rest of the squad will do wherever they are um, it was if that half time would have been the most difficult thing Jonas would have ever ha- had to of pick themselves up because it wasn't like the game against Birmingham City where it's New Year's Day, you got one or two of your best players out with injuries or um, the, there wasn't a COVID sanction or anything like that. So we can't use the, the we were trying to bring new players in, but the, because of the COVID sanctions, uh, we couldn't bring uh, put them in to the squads, etc. It's it was one of those games where you just look at and go, Leicester tactically got it right in the first half, and then Jonas really must have been looking at the analysis, seeing where Leicester were pressing, and then he said to set those instructions to break how they they were pressing because at times it just felt, uh, but yeah, it was just it just felt like. This wasn't an Arsenal side that we're used to, and it was a lot more better in that second half, getting the ball quicker into feet, showing for ourselves a little bit more, changing the way we play, and was probably the biggest um, reason why we won that game. Um, four minutes into the second half, Courtney Nevin um, didn't clear the uh, danger before Chloe Kakas latches on to a through ball uh, from Caitlin Ford. But the finish was just emphatic. Was was this the lifeline we needed, Adam? I mean, it's a brilliant time to score. I mean, it just showed, I mean, Jonas spoke um, at the end of the, the, the game, he was talking about, you know, all them, everyone was saying, what did you say to them at half-time? You know, what, you know was it was it Sarteta talking about light bulbs or or duels not being won? You know, was it, was it the old Mike Bassett, you know, um, throwing drinks boxes at, at players and talking about apparently no, there was no Hollywood speech, there was no antics, and just reiterating <clears throat> sort of the game plan. He said we didn't actually change um, our game plan. It was we played it was just playing it better. And yeah, Lacasse, brilliant, brilliant goal. It is a defensive mistake. And what I what I felt was is they worked out the the, the chink in the lesser armor, and that was the. Yes, they were, pre- they were pressing high and playing this high line and encamping Arsenal in. But if you can bypass that high press, um, they were ridiculously short at the back in numbers. And suddenly they had their back free, having to try and hold back the tides of the likes of Russo and Lacasse and Ford and Paloma support, you know, storming upon them. So you've got Ford takes the ball in the midfield, uh, I think it's a Catley clear, and, and in the first half, she probably would have cycled that back into midfield, maybe popped off to Kyra, popped off to 
pull over and to played it safe and just retain the ball and just be patient, look for the opportunity. But instead, they were bolder. And she placed a brilliant pass straight through the entire Leicester midfield. And then suddenly, you've got Lacasse chasing down Nevin into the box. And when Nevin does win the race, she isn't aware that Lacasse has snuck up on her. Brilliant little um, steal on the edge of the box and a really good finish. And suddenly, you're thinking, oh, right, well, last one back in. So you got foot on the scoreboard. Um, we're back in the game. You know, only four minutes into the second half. This is fantastic. Yeah, we know we saw none of this in the first half. Um, we're in it. Let's let's go and, and try and get a second goal. Um, I don't think any of us really predicted how it would go after that. No, absolutely not. Um, Alessia Russo decided she wanted in on the action. She was left un mm. unmarked in the centre of the box with acres and acres of space. Um, takes a brilliant first touch and slots the ball past Leipzig again. Um, with the outside of her boot. Um, mm. Matt, is Leicester still Leslie Russo's favourite club to score against, even though she's in an <laughs> Arsenal shirt now? You kind of do. The stats basically are, every time she's played against Leicester, she's scored. It, it, it almost is, there's always one club, if you're a forward, that you look forward to and you always end up scoring against. And it's just Is it a one bit those... like Caitlin Ford and Tottenham Hotspur? Yes. And you've got Beth Mead <laughs> against Chelsea and... There are teams that are just can't cope up against, and it's just great to see that Alessia's getting on the score sheet. Okay, some of these times she's not where she's supposed to be. In effectively, I think the plan was when we brought her in, why we were crossing so much to begin with was that she was supposed to be the hold-up player, allow the. Uh, allow a pass across so that she could get into the wide area so she could run in to get in behind for the cross and unfortunately that hasn't worked out because either the players haven't been in the box quick enough or just because there's been, been a bombardment of crosses after crosses and nothing's really been able to get on the head of them because the defending has, against us has been uh, really good it's uh, I, I think Alessia really enjoyed getting that goal because it shows that she's still got the confidence. It doesn't matter if she's not scoring every single week. We know she's going to get plenty of goals this season. I think she'll be happy with herself if she can get over that 10-goal mark where in all competitions. She's already got two in the league, two in the Champions League as well. So that's four. So she's only got six more to go until... <laughs> We, I think she's going to she'd be setting those sort of goals for herself just to sort of gradually build herself into it. And you're seeing at the moment that she's she's going to be carrying um, these opportunities and she'll be weighing them up and she'll make sure that next time she buries it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the next one she was instrumental to. She's uh, drove the ball down the right and finds Caitlin Ford, who's on the move centrally, and then finishes it. It's just oh, it's supreme for me. I know Matt's not her biggest fan, but the precision, precision left Leicester absolutely powerless as the ball was scooped up beyond Leipzig and into the far corner of the net. Adam, we stole the lead. Is yes. this a glimpse of a more ruthless slash clinical Arsenal we could perhaps see when everything gels together? Oh, I think this whole second half is a window into what Arsenal could be. 
that's what I found really exciting. And we've, got, we've still got more to pick apart. This is the, the fantastic thing. And I just want to quickly shout on the second goal. I did another piece of, uh, another shameless plug. I'm doing a, the piece of sporting her. And I, look, I watched back players, uh, defensive list of players on one side of the pitch. All They've all moved over to one side of the pitch and you've got Russo and Lacasse on their own against one of the defender. The defending is it's, it's, it's horrific and um, this is no better because Leicester you're two all you've lost the lead in a in a in a in a think about three minutes I think it was the lead's gone okay bad luck Arsenal turned up get your defensive shape right batten down the hatches because Arsenal are around for the moment you've got to ride out the storm you've got to frustrate them but no what they did is we're going to try and chase the win we're going to try and chase it and they it was it was mind-boggling that neither Leicester nor Willie Kirk thought we need to change our defensive setup here, and so they threw all the players forward to chasing a, a lead, and the counter-attack was a thing of beauty. Um, the the pass from Lacazette to Russo, the first time first time cross to whip it onto Ford. I, I spoke earlier about sort of the the hesitation in the midfield and not making the passes. If that had been the first half, Russo probably traps the ball, pauses, looks around sees where our options are, oh, nobody, okay, I'll pass it back up the wing and then wait for the reinforcement to come, by which time Leicester got the defenders back and the chance is gone. This time, no, first time, I'm going to whip it straight into the box. Brilliant delivery and Ford, it's a majestic finish. Over Leipzig, into the top corner and it was, it was, it was in no time at all, I think it was 58 minutes, I think that was on, so that was, that's nine minutes after Lacasse's goal, suddenly we're 3-2 up. And it was it, we'd gone from not being able to score to score with every single every time we came forward we scored. It's a level of ruthlessness that we've not seen at all this season. It was it was mind boggling to watch, and it yeah it was a thing of beauty and a really good to see. Um, that's that's what we should do. See, not only is a lead striker, so you can go in the channels and so you can create. And it was I spoke about again the connections and the trust in that second half. We were seeing those connections. We were seeing the players passing. To where the player they want the players to go to rather than looking for players to pass to it's a subtle difference but it made all the difference no i couldn't agree more with that but um the next goal came exactly a minute later less than a minute later i should say uh chloe has slips the ball to Perlova. she lunges to divert the ball home at close range under immense pressure matt thoughts on victoria Perlova's performance all game and I think her first WSL goal. No, she's got to get to Brighton last season. Okay, second then. <laughs> <laughs> but just before brilliant. that, I have to I give credit about that. to Caitlin Ford because she decided... Well, that's the Caitlin Ford Are I want to see. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> I'm fine. No, that's the sure, Caitlin Ford. You don't feel fluey? No, no. That's <laughs> the do. Caitlin Ford I want to see. It's not going to be a case of... Um, wishy-washy every five minutes I want to see her attacking the ball and be aggressive against defenders I want to, she only seems to do that every now and again but she I'd like I want to see her be more consistent with it and I, thought, I feel like she's been very angry this season very might, angry maybe maybe but I don't think it comes across as, as much I mean I, I, I think there's been a couple of occasions where she's been um overthrown by a defender going for a 50-50 and things like that but in that second half whatever Jonas said to them uh, I think it vitalised them all they all seemed ready for battle in that second half but back to Victoria um, again another one that just 
was able to come out and really play well in that second half. She, like we said earlier, two opportunities and both hit the side netting, which was a bit unfortunate. Um, she would have felt that she needed a goal, and she, I think she was just glad to be in the right place at the right time, even if she had to go along the ground and slide in just to make sure that she got a touch on it to go in. But as if the team were needed that first couple of minutes before they eventually went, right, okay, now we need to keep on. Let's see how many we can get now. Get that goal difference up. We're not going to be a team that's winning these these sort of games, 3-2 or 3-1, whatever. Just get that goal difference up because at the end of the season, that could be the difference between a Champions League spot, a WSL title. It could be the difference between anything anything in between, really. Um, so... When Victoria put that in, it was like, right, OK, we've got a cushion now. So just, just try not to make sure that Leicester don't concede now. And it it really didn't look like Leicester offered much in that second half. They just sort of fell away and they didn't. They seemed more shocked by that first two goals. And that caused a bit of a knock-on effect with the rest of their game. And I, I, I know there was a few arguments, I, I think, on the... On Caitlin's forward goals, actually, for Alessia, because she had fouled Courtney Nevin in the box. That I think was the Palova goal. It was, it was just, it was just for the Palova goals. This is one I want to address. Willie Kirk was Can sort we of hold off for a her. second before we Sorry. jump to that? Oh, right. Okay, okay. Sorry, yeah, fine. don't hold up. Hold your horses. Um, Adam, <laughs> what I really want to do is I want to pick your brains, brains again on Kyra Cooney Cross. Matt, I want your thoughts Sorry. as well. Um, <laughs> Her midfield puppetry on the Le- on Leicester's vulnerabilities. Once she's worked it out, mm. she was absolute magic. That pass to Lacasse, the intelligence, and what, this is one of the things I'm loving, and I'm loving with Pelover as well. Is is we've not just got good footballers, we've got intelligent footballers. We've got really there's a real good level of intelligence in that team. So not only you know just in those split decisions, split second decisions. It's making the right pass at the right time to the right person. And, you know, too many times you see counter-attacks and they, they go for an audacious pass. Oh, it hits the first defender. Or they, they try and, and run it in the run for a cul-de-sac or they choose one player. This was, this was ruthless. This was efficient. And, yeah, she takes on the halfway line, twists around. She has, she has this, she had this aura where like, like an invisible bubble. The Leicester player just didn't want to swarm on her. It was, it was really strange to watch. And then she makes a great dart into the midfield. See, she's got Pullover and Lacasse, chooses Lacasse, great pass, and all Lacasse has to do is tap it sideways and it's and Pullover bundles it in. But no, I spoke in the first half, Kyra, I don't think had a great game. In the second half, she stepped up. And not just Kyra, but the rest of the team, but especially Kyra ran, her and Pullover ran that midfield in the second half. And that, for me, is really exciting. I just want them to do it for 90 minutes rather than 45. That would be ideal. Um, and it shows that we could potentially have a situation where if, if Kim is unavailable, Kim is unavailable, it is not a nuclear crisis. It's FCON 2, DECON 1. We have players who can step into the breach and, um, and and sustain the level. In fact, we probably played, I would say in that second half, our best football of the season. Um, although that is aided by the fact that Leicester has an implosion I have not seen for quite some time, a tactical implosion. I thought and I think that's based on Arsenal basically using their, very cleverly, using their system, which they obviously worked on during the week and 
set up and it worked. So in the first half, basically took their system and turned it against them. They turned the tables on Leicester, used the, used the weaknesses of that system to their advantage. And the fact that Leicester just said, basically to the Gareth Taylor and just said, we're not going to adapt, we're not going to change, we're just going to play, continue playing our way. And Arsenal like, fine, we'll just keep on plowing through and we'll rack up 24 shots and we'll rack up 12 shots on target and we'll just keep peppering you and peppering you and peppering you. And it was incredible to watch. Um, and yeah, that stems from Karin Palova winning that midfield battle. Um, and yes, the, the, the energetic runs, the assists, the pass, really excited. I, I look back now to the few, we're going to obviously we'll, we'll, we'll the rest of the game described, but just a flash forward to the next game, you know, does Kyra stay in the team? That's the question one question we're going to ask. That is, if, if Kim's not 100% fit, I wouldn't feel too uncomfortable about just keeping Kyra in there for the time being and let her keep building uh, those connections in the team because we only saw a 45 minute glimpse in that second half, but it looked very good. No, I agree with you there. Thing is, if Kimmy is ready for Chelsea and involved he isn't, would you play Kyra alongside Kim? Would you play Palova alongside Kim? I mean, these are the options. One of the two, I think you you can make the case that. That mm, this is where it starts so. to get difficult because um, we no longer have that sort of DEFCON 2 feeling about that midfield now. We've seen the 45 yeah. minutes we've just seen. Mm. Who do you pick? What combinations I... do you try, Matt? This is where the Conti Cup is going to come into a, a, a little bit of help, really, for us. I think is going to get minutes there, but also there's going to be opportunity for players who are, say, if they've got a little bit of a niggle, they can take the rest. But there's also an opportunity for, say, Leah to maybe play 15 minutes with Kyra or Kim to play 10, 15 minutes with Kyra or Victoria. And it, it doesn't matter. There's so many combinations. It's going to be unbelievable. But Victoria post-match felt she was a lot better in the middle. And then she is out wide, which is a fair assessment. And to be honest, I'm, I'm, I think she works better as well. So I have a feeling that sooner or later, we might might not see that front three, and we'll revert to having to maybe one or two attacking midfielders instead. So it might be like a four-two-two-two, and um, maybe Caitlin B is the one partnering. Um, or it might even be Steena because Steena's been having a really good time at the moment. But there's so, it's not about it's not just that though. There's so many combinations. Imagine if it was say four two two and you've got Viv and Vic on, on the attacking attack midfielder role, Kyra and Kim as the uh, defensive partnerships, and then you've got Steena and Alessia up top. I don't think Chelsea would be able to deal with that. I generally do, don't think that they would be able to understand any of that because they they would just be thinking, oh they. He's going to do a four-two-three-one, and and it, all we'll do is we'll just smother the midfield with a with a fight of five at the back and five-four-one, and Sam Kerr's going to go and score or score one of our goals. That's what Chelsea would expect. But if we do something a bit different this season, something they're not expecting, I th- I think we'll be able to get three points. And the of these cohe the way the team is cohesion now compared to the start of the season, it's it it is getting there. But will it it's be lot, there? It's a lot better than it was. Yeah. Will it for be sure. there in time for that Chelsea game? That is my only question. Is it going to? Oh, we'll or... see. We'll see. We've got we've got less than a month. We've got quite a few games in between now and then. So, but speaking of Stina Blackstenius, 
Um, Steph, 75 minutes, Steph Catley finds Victoria Palova. She then works the ball over to Stina Blackstenius. My words went there, I do apologise. Might earn a simple side foot into the ball, into the ball, into the clean corner with the ball. I'm very tired. I do apologise, everybody. Very long day. Um, so, yeah, she's back. She's back and scoring again, Adam. Brilliant. The pass from Scatley. A bit like Ford for the first goal, for Arsenal's first goal. Just sliced like a knifey butter, just sliced. the entire bit. And suddenly it's, um, it's Palova. Are you doing Toast Dina, reference again? On the, on the... I am indeed, and I'm, and I'm not stopping. Um, <laughs> just, if those of you, just... those of you who are in the North Bank, would talk, would have heard me talking about uh, Kyra spreading the play, and um, I've, yes, I've gotten quite a taste for it. So yes, brilliant pass, just you know, straight for the midfield, straight for the defence. Obviously, the Leicester shape has collapsed pretty much at this point. You're morally shocked. Four goals in twelve minutes will do that to a team. It's a brilliant pick. Clover again, right choice, right option. Caps it to Stina. What I loved about this finish is that when you get 1v1, the temptation is I'm going to blast it or you know, lever it. There is no pace on the finish. It's all about the placement and it's so delicate and it's, it, it's close enough to the keeper that she can't move in time to sort of react to it. It's a very clever finish. I think that's you know, the work that Kelly Smith's doing on the training ground with the forwards. Really something on four here. I think that's Dina's, I want to say it's her fourth goal of the season, if, you, if you're including the Conti Cup as well. I think it's something like our fourth goal so far. Oh, fifth goal of the Kiva Champions yeah, League as well. But she's a yeah, top scorer in all competitions. And it's a very, very clever finish, very delicate finish. She should have scored earlier. Um, she had a few other chances. She had one on the roof of the net um, as well from, from a close position. Um, yeah, it, it, I, would, I was about to tweet, again, a lot of people murder me because it's all about jinxes. But my, my anxiety was that it was 4-2 and it stayed at 4-2. And I thought... Well, this is all right, but we're actually missing quite a few big chances now. We want, we're not being as ruthless as well at the start of a half. You know, we, we get the post, we volleyed wide. I'm just thinking, well, we need to get the fifth goal because if Leicester get, just get from a set piece, can happen, get one goal back, suddenly it's a one goal game and it's all a bit, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, um, admittedly, this was me coming off the back of a men's game, having seen the Chelsea Man City for all, and that sort of ringing in the back of my ear. Then Steen scores and makes it 5 2. And I was like, nope, yeah, we're done. Sorted. This is it. Um, we can sit back and enjoy the next 15 minutes because the result is only going one way and uh, I'm all here for it. Really like the goal. Really good to see Steena amongst the goals because the big fear was Russo coming in. Steena might sort of fade in, onto the periphery, but that's not the case at all. Um, Jonas made a big thing about starters and finishers. And it's not simply just, well, Steena will, will replace Russo. We saw Steena and Russo working together. It's a very interesting potential combination there. I think we were seeing potentially Russo in a 10 position at one point, sort of working behind Dina. Yeah, that's exactly so, what I saw when um, mm. we took Frida off. You just see her drop back into that 10 and yeah. she has a lot more freedom to do what she does best. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. I like this. You can um, have two this right? <laughs> Yeah, but you've got yeah. Viv at 10, you've got Viv 10, Russo 10, and you're thinking, crikey, hang on a minute, how are we going to... And then you've got Frida as well. Frida 10. We've actually got the depth there, whereas before, well, right now, before Russo came to the team, we had Frida, that was it. I think Frida needs to be careful. Um, I, I, I I my, I, my feeling was at Bristol was that she works better behind Stina as a, yeah. as a forward, and we saw that. But because Stina's not starting the game... I think well, I think Jonas maybe needs to think of maybe putting somebody else in that position, but um, for Brighton, but we'll see. 
No, and the final, last but not least, 90 plus eight minutes, Victoria Clover carves open Leicester, Leicester mm. with a um, with a pass that releases Lena Hurtig, who is in a 1v1 situation with Leipzig. For, and she just rolls the ball beyond her. I mean, does this scoreline defy disbelief with six different goal scorers and coming back from 2-0 down? The, that's actually a disappointment because if I'm honest, it should have been 10. It should have been the chances that we left. I wanted drama on the last podcast (laughs) with my 3-2 scoreline. Wow. It should have been 10. We hit the post three times in that second half. And and Mead hit one just wide, had a 1v1, volleyed wide. There were chances in that. Incredibly, we could have scored eight easily. We had 24 shots. 24? We had 24 shots overall in that game. 12 of them on target. If you think about the ones we missed in the first half as well, the Pelosi hit. Easily, easily could have been more than six. I think six two to Leicester is a, is a um, mercy, um, and I'm really happy that Hertig's got her goal. Really happy she's finally off the mark in the WSL because that has been a huge monkey. Uh, you know, been a real sort of over her head, sort of been a you know, well, you, haven't, you know, we've got a few goals in the champions, another score in WSL, and you just think the longer these runs go on, the worse they become. She's off the mark. She looked great when she came off the bench. I think she hit the post twice. Um, should have, you know, to Got her goal, and that's you know that we can bury that that issue. You know she's got a goal now. Hopefully we can see a bit more from her. Yeah, it was a, a beautiful afternoon. It wasn't a half time, but at the second half, that's that's the Arsenal I want to see. That's the Arsenal I know they can play like that. Helped by Leicester just deciding not to defend for the next forty-five minutes. <laughs> you know we've we've had so many issues with low blocks. It's nice to have a team that doesn't bother to block at all in the second yeah, half. Yeah, so- that did help. Would you would you say it went from a chaotic first half to sheer class and quality? Six goals, six different goal scorers. Mm. Can we expect more drama this season, Matt? I would probably imagine so, uh, especially with games that we've had so far. Man City, for example, the game against Villa. It almost feels like we're we're in. Oh, pick a soap opera, whatever you like. Eastenders, Hollyoaks, Coronation Street, I whatever you I would not dream of comparing my team to that rubbish. Come on. Just put, just say soap opera. Don't specify. Whatever, whatever you are available. <laughs> whatever your cup of tea is, let's just say it, it generally feels this season that like there's going to be so many dramatic moments for the team. Uh, the one thing that would be quite an interesting way to see it is how we react to say what either team getting sent off a player to say against Chelsea let's say Cuthbert gets sent off because someone's going to end up getting sent off in that game soon. I thought you were just one of our players getting sent off and I thought oh you're trying to jinx it now. (laughs) No no that's the other thing let's say that we've used 10 substitutes already and someone has subs? A little, wow. ha, ha, sorry, five <laughs> subs. We've used our five subs up and someone's limped off. I know yeah, Jonas yeah, yeah, won't yeah. do that, but let's just say, for example, we back to the Ajax I situation. swear to God. I'm touching you words. Too. I'm you touching too. words. I'm you not too. Touch, I want to ring tra- your necks. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm, t- I'm touching words. I don't it's want right, it to happen, but I want to see how the reaction would be. And you I, basically I, see me how we, how we would react to setbacks that are beyond our control. That's that's yeah. the thing, you know. It's one thing about goals and stuff, but when when freak moments happen, how well do we react? That Which, is that can be king of a great team. That I do get. Yeah, 
Loss is just sitting there. Just shit. Yeah, just, just utter disbelief. I don't want to. I don't want to turn fakes. It's just you know. Do you, do you see like... teams that will go get players sent off and then they won't see out the team, uh, the game. You'll you'll see other teams that will go on and go right. Okay, they got te- ten players now. Let's see what we can do. I just want to see what this team is capable of, either when they're faced about against it because there's. If the referee in dissent thing carries on, then it's only a matter of time before something abrupt happens, whether it's North London derby, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's United, whether it's any. Well, I would probably say at the moment it's more likely to be Arsenal City at the moment. Um, considering <laughs> that, the amount of things that happen, I'm, I would think it would be a good test to see how far this team can come. I know. They'll be jumping off that experience from last season as well because of what happened throughout. But at this moment in time, just making sure that we've got I, the right a- attitudes, fight. no matter how many players are on that pitch. Sorry, Adam. Uh, adversity is you consider the injuries that have happened. I don't think that we need to have a second round of examination to prove that point. The injuries, the ACLs, and the, some horror tackles of our players. I think this team is, is doubt that. Okay, I think we've lost Adam. Really sorry about that to our audio listeners. Um, not too sure what happened there, but I am going to wrap the show up for now. Um, but thank you for joining us. Uh, the next couple of pods, I will not be around, unfortunately, but don't fear not, Matt and Adam will still be here for, with, well, with your Brighton preview and your Southampton preview. And-